When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh, my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's a new dropper. And now Kevin in the middle of the chip. Mix it on any of you. Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on any of you. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. Drop it in the center. The boy just came from the diamond. Let's go back. Possibly bleak as this. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. You're joined by me, your host, Dave Babs, and I'm joined by Sam and Jerry. Guys, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, man. Just, just about calmed down from uh, Sunday, but yeah, I'm all good. Yeah, same, same here, same it's here. Four days, Sam. It's been four days, man. You've, you've had plenty of time, so you know. Uh, it's let, not let enough. Your... Let your relief out. Even just talking about it then got me mad again, to be honest. So, <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. imagine. I, I wouldn't even lie to you, Baz. My head is hot. Still hot. Uh, that's surprising because, like, Jerry, of all the people I know, like, within the, within the camp, you're like the most calm one, you know, like, you're a lot more reserved. You know, you're saying some mad stuff if we got on the mics. I mean, <laughs> let's, let's see how this pod goes. Let's see how this pod goes. So, yeah, let's, let's, let's get right into it. So, obviously, Sunday afternoon, late kickoff, we drew 2 2 with Spurs in dramatic fashion. Um, before we even get into the game, so what did you guys think of the lineup? There was a lot to be made out of it um, about Reese playing right centre back and then um, Ruben playing right wing back. Um, I saw a bit of a divide on on online with some fans wanting it in the pre-match and um, other fans thinking, okay, you know what, we'd rather um, Reese James play there. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on the lineup and whether you're happy to see Ruben play there further on in the future. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I obviously put. Um put what I thought was going to be the 11 in the um, in the chat. And I did think that Aspie was going to start um, in the centre-back and then Reese right wing-back. And um, I even put, after I put my 11, I said, but I hope, obviously, that RLC starts in the right wing-back position because I think that's our best option at the minute. Uh, we don't really have a good kind of um, right centre-back, I think. Well, we have, obviously, Koulibaly who could play there, but he obviously plays on the left. So I think with our three centre-backs, I'm more happy with Reese there because I think Reese can just play anywhere and be pretty pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I was definitely happy with that. And obviously, Ruben gives you that 1v1 and he gives you, obviously, his only problem, um, which he kind of um, proved wrong in the game, was I was a bit worried about his energy. Like sometimes Ruben, he seems to um, like have 45 minutes really good and then he kind of slows down a bit. But he seems like he's obviously, I don't know if he's like 
I'm pretty sure he's got like a new fitness guy in that. Um, so yeah, he, he looked fit, and I was happy to see him there. And then the rest of the lineup was pretty, pretty much what we thought with injuries and what Tuchel's been doing. So yeah, I was happy with it, man. Hey, what about you? Yeah, I mean, on my side, in terms of the lineup, I obviously had seen the the Ruben experiment um, in the prior game. Um, was it? Yeah, it was. It was against uh, in the first game he played right wing back. I just thought down that side, sometimes Reese is a little bit, um, prefers to kind of stay inside and, and have that angled cross rather than going to a byline. And I felt, you know, Ruben um, on the half turn um, could really, like, could really be a force for us. Um, my thing with Ruben is, like, you can't you can't stop him. So what happens is up to him. And I think that, that level of control on the wing um, with the addition of Cucurella... I was just excited for like a, a well-balanced attack, you know, like um, usually what happened last season is the ball goes out to the left um, and then a lot of the passes are back and it goes to the right. Um, and it felt like all our attacks were being filtered through the right. So it was good to have that balance there. In terms of the front three, um, uh, I mean, when I saw the lineup, I wasn't expecting Sterling to, to be uh, kind of false nine, not going to lie to you. Um and I, I do understand sort of the fluidity um, that that gives. Um, and I will say we did look like the, the team that won the Champions League again, um, aggressive in the press, combative um, with that uh, fluidity there as well. I, um, so, yeah, that, that I think going forward, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised the way Chalaba has been um, almost forgotten about. But aside from that, I thought I thought it's a good good team, and I, I kind of want to see the same thing um, next game. Maybe one or two slight changes. Yeah, definitely. I think it was a good idea to play Ruben there out wide. You know, I, I do think it allows him to showcase his strengths in terms of like ball carrying. You know, being able to beat his man one v one, and when you have Emerson Royal up against you, you not sorry, <laughs> Emerson, sorry, I'm Sessegnon against you. You should be getting the beating of the man. Sessegnon and Ben Davies, that. yeah, exactly. And he and he really did give that um, left hand side of Spurs's big problems. And and with Reese playing the right centre back, I thought it was perfect. You know, against um, a winger like Son, you know, who doesn't really he's not really like the trickiest guy, but in terms of like um, Reese being able to match him for physicality and even just being able to dominate dominate him throughout the game, I thought it was the perfect matchup. So I I, I did like the, the look of that. Um, obviously, you know, it was a typical lineup with Mendy, um, Silva, and um, Canto Giorgino as our spine. So that that was like the, ma- the majority of what it was. And then we also had the, the front three of them, Havertz, Mount, and Sterling, you know, kind of like a remix of last last season's Havertz, Mount, and um, Lukaku. So I want to get your thoughts, Sam, on how you think those three did in the game. And um, were you happy with their performances? Um, do you see what I'm where in particular do you see um, room for growth and improvement? So starting with the last question in terms of room for improvement is I just literally want to see consistency. That's all I want to see. Um, I think if those three can build up steam and play together most of the games, obviously we have a lot of games this year. They're going to be switched around. We've got other attackers that need to play as well. But I want to see those three start the majority of um, Premier League games and just mostly Champions League games as well. Uh, I was really happy with Mount and Kai's performance. I would have liked a goal from Kai. Obviously, he had that one big chance that he should have scored. Two, probably two. 
Uh, yeah, kind of. You should score that one in the first half as well. I think the first half was a harsh one. It was, it was, yeah, a, yeah. It was a good try. And it was a really good save. Yeah, um, yeah. The first one, maybe like yeah, he, yeah. he seemed to put it in the corner, and Loris made a really good save. But that second one, he has to bag that. He has to bag that. Um, obviously, it would have put us two one up. We eventually did go two one up anyway. So, like, if we won two one, I think it wouldn't have been focused on as much. But obviously, the two all kind of made it seem like that. I think Mount was like important, really important to the way we dominated Spurs in in the game. Uh, pretty much dominated them for 90 minutes, I'd say, um, controlled controlled the midfield. And I really think Mount helped with that in coming deep. I bent and core and Viking, fucking Viking boy, um, <laughs> couldn't, couldn't handle our midfield at all. Jorginho Kante, superb as well. Mount, superb. I really think they had a really good connection. And um, it was obviously nice to see Kukurela get his first start and him and Mount, like they seem to kind of just almost like ball is ball. Do you know what I mean? Like they, they've obviously facts, not trained. Facts, they haven't facts. trained much together and I'm pretty sure they passed to each other. I think it was 40 times. So like 22 mounts Kukurela, 18 Kukurela to Mount or the other way around. I can't remember. So I think that link up was like really nice. And obviously when you rewatch the game without, without the emotions and everything involved, you really see kind of how important Mount and Kai as well were, were in that control controlling of the game because I do think Kai was holding up the ball well even his little step overs that never work were working he was running past people <laughs> um yeah I, I think Sterling was the weakest of the three I don't think he was bad he, he was probably our weakest performer on the day maybe but he still got the assist obviously that's what we want from him just in that key moment he picked the right choice he probably should have scored as well uh, he had that one chance in the box um I think it's hard for him. Obviously, like Jerry said, he's playing through the middle. Uh, but I, I think he's comfortable with it. Um, I think Kai would prefer to play through the middle. But I also think Kai just likes to kind of roam around and do his own thing. Um, so, yeah, I, I was happy with it. And I just think improvements are going to come if we just see them more regularly together, kind of every game. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's a really good way to sum up. Um, so, obviously, Sam, you just mentioned um, Sterling playing the false nine. But it's been a... It's been a fixture of what we've seen um, throughout preseason and what we've seen against Everton. I want to get your thoughts, Jerry, on that. Do, do, do you like that idea? What do you think Tuchel is thinking um, in terms of like using him in that position? And would you much rather see him see him out wide? Um, I, with the front three, he went with um, obviously Ruben and, and, and Mason allowed him to to you know utilize the box midfield, um, which which he has used before, but. It meant that um, Mountain dropped a little bit deeper, so it was more maybe maybe more like a front two, a loose front two, um, with Havertz and Sterling both you know interchanging regularly, and which just gave more problems for Spurs back line. Uh, but ultimately, you know, at the end of the dance, you know, you gotta go home. So <laughs> all that all that um, lovely fluid build up play is is great, but um, there were times where there's a lot of crosses into the box and, and, you know, you want Sterling to be the one putting the crosses in, maybe um, getting into the back post. Um, it just, it just felt like there was a, there was a hole there. Um, and I think if we carry on in this, in this, um, with this formation, I don't even think with, with, uh, with someone like Brozier, I don't even think it's, it's about how good he is. 
it's just his profile. He's going to be in certain situations that um, Havertz and 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 and, um, and Sterling aren't going to be. So I think maybe in terms of why Tuchel is going for someone like Aubameyang, you could see it in that match um, because there were times where Sterling would be crossing the ball in. You're like, oh, I wish Sterling was there. And then there were times where he'd be in the box and you'd be like, mm, it should be him crossing it in. And it's just like, our attack is maybe too fluid. <laughs> um, so, I mean, in terms of the overall team performance, if we have to sacrifice some, um, some of that, you know, attacking instinct for that overall performance, I think that overall performance is, is, is quite valuable. And, and I'd love to see that carry on through the season because if we play like that um, most of the games, we should be fine. But at the same time, I, feel, I do feel like that's the, that's the missing piece, something to refine that front line. Because um, I think performance-wise, it was good from the from the front three in terms of creativity, um, linking up the play, holding on to the ball in attacking areas. I think well, that was all good. It's just that that last that missing piece, that that last bit on top. I think that's definitely a, a fair piece of analysis there. So obviously, um, early on in the game. We see some nice interplay between Jorginho, Koulibaly and Kukurella. And later on, we did see that connection again between Kukurella and Koulibaly leading into his first goal, you know, at his Stanford Bridge debut. Sam, what did you think of Koulibaly um, and Kukurella's debuts, home debuts um, on Sunday against Tottenham? Yeah, I think um, Koulibaly has just kind of fit like a glove. He's basically just replaced Rudiger, like bar for bar. Um, he's he's probably better at passing. I don't think we've seen. I'm not sure about his like long passing yet. I'm not sure we've seen that on display as much. Like Rudiger used to switch to play lovely all the time, but in terms of um, kind of the inside passes between the lines, the same ones that Silva kind of does from the center. I think Kudabali is really good at that. That's that's like really impressed me, um, and. Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't think there's really much negative to say about Koulibaly. The finish was insane. Like, a centre-back doing that. I mean, our attackers can't even do that. I was literally um, about to say, just any yeah, player doing that. Exactly. Like, that's that was insane technique. I don't know why Spurs left him that open on the back post, to be honest. Um, that was a weird one from them. Uh, like, our tallest player, and we're not the tallest team, and they just left him in acres on the back post. So that was awful by them, but still a great finish. Um, Kukurella be honest he's he's shut me up completely i um i still think like you can argue we overpaid like 62 million but i mean the market's the market now i think we're just probably gonna have to all get used to what we think a player is and adding 20 million on especially when it's chelsea like clubs know we've got money do you know what i mean so they're gonna be like yeah this player's this and i mean I think people are being a little bit harsh on chillwell in terms of ice oh, chillwell's done chillwell's over I, I don't think that's true I think what we saw from Cucurella was brilliant. I don't think we saw anything that we didn't see from Chilwell at his best, personally. I think they're different, and I don't think that's a bad thing. I still think Chilwell is better kind of maybe in and around the box, uh, finishing, crossing. I still think he's better at that. But I think Cucurella is definitely more comfortable on the ball. Um, I don't think even them are that good at kind of dribbling forward. But Cucurella is definitely an accomplished footballer. Um, that you can tell. And like I said on my first point with him and Mount, just kind of having that natural link up already, which was, which was very nice to see. And he's also part of my language. He's got that cunt gene. 
and like I love that in a player. You, you're one of them mm-hmm. players that you're going to love to play for you, but if he was against you, he'd probably wind you up. And he's got yeah, that definitely. in him, and I like that. Definitely, definitely, definitely agree. And you know, hey man, you know what they say, man, sixty-two million. Hey man, look, it, it ain't tricking if you got it. It ain't tricking exactly. if you got it. Like if, if you have the money. 24? Hey man, he's, he's 24. You know, he's never in his prime yet. You know, he's exactly. obviously raised the level. What we and he's been and he's allowing us to get rid of Alonso, Emerson, exactly. Andy, hopefully, so you know, hey man, it's just the cost of business. You know, we we, yeah. we charge it to the game. We charge it exactly. To the game. And Chilwell weren't fit. Like you could tell by the games he played. Like yeah. he was struggling. Exactly. I mean, he eventually he technically, I guess, won us the game against Everton by winning the penalty because I think he's good around that area. But you could tell the game he was struggling, man. Like, he was struggling. Definitely. So it's good. What, for you, him. what you about to say, sorry, Joe? Uh, I was just about to say, I, I wish we had nego- negotiated um, all these deals during the sanctions when I, <laughs> when the bank accounts were frozen. No, probably would have got Cucurella for free on loan. You know, like, unfortunately, listen, Bowley's billions are local. So that's how it's going to be <laughs> this summer. But the I think definitely local. I actually think, listen, Cucurella, we paid, uh, what, 62 mil. Uh, Chilwell, we paid, what, 58, 60? Nah, 50. yeah. Next season, are we going to need another wing back? Season after, are we going to need another wing back? Probably not. So for me, you pay the money now, you don't pay again. Very simple. And I think something that Chelsea have been missing, because if you add up the amount of um, money we spent, just trying to fill that striker position, um, it, it just shows you, if you buy it once, that's it. You save the money for not having to buy it again. So I think uh, as as much as I did wince at that 62 million, after seeing Cucurella play, I haven't thought about it since. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a key thing, you know, when a player does perform and especially to a high level compared to the um, other players you've seen in the position, not just at the club, but at the league, you know, you can kind of argue that he's arguably a top two, you know, left back and let slash left left wing back in the, in the league. So, it really does help, you know, in terms of like what we're trying to do going forward and offering another left centre back option. Um, so obviously, with the game, there was some contentious decisions, you know, both in terms of the Hoyoberg and um, Harry Kane goals. So I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on the second one in particular. You know, not not the situation, but the defending on the set piece. You know, was that a worry for you guys? You know, how we defend set pieces. Um, the size of our team as well. You know, because looking at it, we, you saw Cucurella marking um. Romero is quite tall and um, obviously we were quite well overpowered in terms of like Kane getting us as a header. So like, what, are you guys a bit worried in terms of like our sides at the back going um, forward? I would say yes. Um, and actually, I think set pieces in general this season have been woeful. Like in terms of like defensively, I think we've been just about okay. There was a few times, um, obviously in the Spurs game, where they either managed to slip their man or or get to the ball first. Um and I, I'm not I'm not sure it necessarily has anything to do with being a smaller team. Um because although statistically we may be one of the smallest teams, like it's not like where our players are all five foot four and all the opposition players are six foot six. Like these are slight differences. Um I think in general our back line is uh standard height. Uh, we've got Ruben in there as well. Um, Ruben Havertz, that's enough to defend. Um, I think our, outside those players, it does get a bit sticky, but 
Um, I don't think I don't think you can use that as an excuse because for the goal, the ball was in an area where number one, you have the goalkeeper, and you shouldn't have your three best uh, defenders um, in that area. So there's not really an excuse. Um, in terms of uh, set pieces, attacking wise, I was actually like um, looking at the game, and I just asked myself like, has Reese James had one good delivery from a set piece this whole season? Um, I don't know what's going on with his corners. Um, I think corners in general against Everton, I think we had something like 16 corners. Um, and we had quite a few against Spurs as well. And they just haven't been good. I don't, I don't know whether Anthony Barry, I don't know what he's been doing with the players, but both attacking and defending set pieces, we've been awful. So that's definitely a point to improve, um, a negative point from the performance. But I don't think you can put our weakness from set pieces down to us not having tall players. Not for me anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It was definitely, it was an interesting conversation we had in the Discord earlier about the size of our team. Um, I think there was a graphic that um, we had one of the shortest teams in the league, and I, I think it was interesting. But I'd probably be a bit more interested to see how that compares in terms of like starting players and who majority tends to start it w- w- within the game. But yeah, so obviously you're covering the game, you know, in totality. I wanted to come to you, Sam, especially because I, I, I saw in, in the chat um, just how happy you were with the performance. I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, just totality, you know, about where you think this leaves us going into the, into the season now. Yeah, I think this performance shut a hell of a lot of people up. Like, obviously, end game, we didn't get the three points, which is annoying. But you can't really just do results-based analysis. Um, I think anybody watching that game, even the staunchest Chelsea hater, would have to say we dominated that game. I mean, unless you're Tobes on the main pod and you're just chatting out your ass. Um, but yeah, like we dominated that game completely from start to finish. I mean, there was maybe like they had a couple chances here and there, but I mean, we're playing one of the best teams in the league. Like, I mean, we're not going to not give them any chances. Like people need to be realistic. Um, controlling a 90 minute game against Tottenham is it's not easy. Like I, like you've seen City lose to them. Um did Liverpool lose or did they draw last year? I can't remember. Um, they drew twice last year. Yeah, so I think they've probably, like, they've got one of the best attacks in the league, like, top three, like, people always Allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Um, and we were pretty comfortable. I mean, both goals came from one goal, stupid Jorginho mistake, like, that. I, I just don't know what he's trying to do. Um, just, just had a brain fart moment. Second goal, poor defending from a set piece um i yeah um but in terms of the like performance i like if you've seen me in the chat and in the discord on twitter on anywhere like i've always been pretty confident um with how our starting 11 and uh, squad and just team in general is looking i think a lot of people chelsea fans have been pretty negative and I understand it because the ending of last year, the preseason, the Everton game, I mean, none of it was good. But I just think there was so much context to all of what happened last season. Preseason, I mean, this sounds like a dead excuse, but it looks like we did. Well, I swear we weren't even trying. It just, we just looked weird. Like we played Arsenal, yeah, and everyone talks about that Arsenal game. We lost 4 0. They pretty much started their first 11. Like, I'm pretty sure the team they started is basically the team they actually started. Yeah. yeah. And we had like Emerson at centre-back and stuff. 
but that's not our team. Do you know what I mean? Um, so preseason, I mean, people want to judge that like how they want to judge it. It is what it is. Um, but this game, I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people who were suggesting we're going to like struggle to top four, we're going to come fifth, sixth. Now they're thinking mm, like maybe these other teams aren't quite there at Chelsea's level yet. Like, I mean, we've, we've like our starting eleven is is good. It's very good. So I'm happy with the performance. I'm happy with the way Tuchel dominated Conte tactically. Um, that's that makes me very happy. Um, yeah, and I'm just like I said with the attack. The one thing I just want to see is consistency. I just want to see him play together. And then Tuchel, the team, they have no excuses because when you switch and change and switch and change. I just think you lead yourself to being kind of open to players not building up form and not being given a chance. Yeah, that's definitely an interesting um, point you just made there, Sam. So, Jerry, you know, rounding up on um, the Tottenham game, so w- where do you see your potential growth areas, you know, within this with this side going forward? Um, I think when you look around the squad, or when you look around that first eleven. Um, I think there, there's a, there's a lot of promise there. If if I had to say, it'd be in the midfield um, and and obviously the, the attack. Um, I think Kante and Jorginho were it was a great performance from from both of them. I think Kante. I, I was worried about Kante a little bit. Not gonna lie, after the Everton game, I mean he, he was he was good. He was okay, but I thought he, he just didn't look sharp. Um. And he looked much better this game, but unfortunately he's out. So for the next four to six weeks, we're going to have to find um, an alternative. Um, even if if Cover is fine and he comes in, that still leaves a little bit of light. Um, and in terms of opportunities for improvement, I think that front three, um, hopefully going forward, they get a bit more, they get they gel a bit more. And I think while it's the same players in terms of mountain habits um this is still a different front three um so sterling adds a, um an element something different you can you can clearly see this is not the same front three you're watching last season um so i think i want to wait into i want to wait to see how they gel um what that front three on a consistent basis actually looks like what kind of output they have and i think maybe almost the club i'll wait and see as well um, which is why kind of Brogia's future is up in the air. Are we going for a Bamiyang? Like, what, what's going on? Um, so I think that that's definitely an area to look look into. Um, and as a team overall, um, just being just killing off the game. Um, it's, it feels like when we go one or two up, that that intense the intensity is um, not there anymore. And obviously, there's game management and and. I'm not throwing caution to the wind, but I just do feel like when I'm watching a team like City, um, Liverpool, like they're di- they're dying for that second goal. Like they're on it, like focused, locked in. And, and I have I've said this before. It does feel like with this team, with this Chelsea team, for like the last five, ten years, we go go we go one one and up, and we generally tend to to, to relax a little bit. So that's the, an area of improvement I like to see more ruthless. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, sorry, yeah. can I say one thing leading on from that point is like I do think the Tottenham game is like a unique game. Our players are always up for it. 
So leading on from Jerry's point about intensity and that I definitely, I need to see that across our next five yeah. games. We've got a yeah. pretty nice run. Yeah. I want to win right. all five. Yeah. Like, you know, before before the Spurs game, um, I was with my mate and he's an Arsenal fan. Mm. And he was like, oh, I think I think Spurs are going to give you something. And I was like, listen, don't worry about Chelsea Spurs. We're, we're always up for that game. It's the, it's, it's the, the Southamptons and the West Hams and the Brentfords that we have to worry about. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. And those were the games that did trip us up last season. You know, those small games that were drawing games. You know, I think it was something like we 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 um dropped um, points at twenty one occasions or, or, or something like that. Ugh. So you, you, that just you, sounds nasty. It, it just sounds yeah. It's it's just not a a good thing to you know really hear you know as a top level team. So hopefully that's something to improve upon. But yeah, speaking of um areas of improvement, Jerry. Um, obviously the midfield for me, I've had some in midfield midfield worries for the last two seasons now. You know, I've wanted somebody to come in to you know understudy to a Jorginho and a Kante, you know, just that um, long-term future planning and just bringing somebody in, bringing people into the team to, you know, future-proof our midfield. And obviously um, on Sunday, Kante gets the injury, the hamstring injury, you know, the famous muscle injury of Kante. And he seems to be up for four to six weeks or so, you know. Jorginho, we saw it towards the end of last season whereby he was playing continuously, even through injury. We, we, we saw how fatigued he was and, you're even seeing now, you know, Kovacic again, another injury. You know, he was training by himself during preseason. We're not quite sure yet how how long going to be till he comes back into the team. So I just want to get your thoughts on just how worried you are potentially about the midfield. You know, seeing as we haven't really had any midfield links and what you think could be possible solutions for that position there. I'm going to start with you, Sam. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to, yeah. Uh, Lead, um, going from the Jorginho point about him, like Tuchel even said that he had to take him off in the game because he was tired and he looked like he was fading a bit. Um, obviously, I think people just assume he's not getting through a lot of work, Jorginho, because he's quite slow and and that. But he covers a hell of a lot of ground. Um, so, yeah, we definitely... I mean, Kovacic, you know how much I love Kovacic. Like, he's probably... like. He's my top, one of my favourite players at Chelsea, but his injuries, man, like every week he's injured. It's how many games he started last year? Like 17 or something. It's just like, it's so difficult because you have a player there that when fit is so good, um, I would struggle to like go out there and buy someone who could probably be better than him. But the problem is he's just never fit. So it puts you in that awkward position of like, do we buy someone? And then it's tricky to buy someone because they're like, oh, but Kovacic is there. So it's like what you're saying about um, buying someone to understudy. It's like we're buying centre mids, but we're almost succession, succession planning. Like we're buying, they're really young. Like we've bought Chuck Wameka. We've bought, well, I can't remember his name. The kid from Inter, Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah, Cassidy, Cassidy. Um, so like we've bought these centre mids, but they're young. So they're not ready to come in. And definitely, unfortunately, Gallagher, it's very early to judge, but he looks like he hasn't really worked there. I'm not sure how Tuchel feels about that. Uh, he always speaks very highly of him, says he can be an important player for Chelsea and that, but you never just know if that's, if that is that just manager talk. He's not going to go, oh yeah, he's bloody shit, mate. Like, that's just not going to do that. So um, we've got Ruben, obviously, who's been playing very well, but do you lose 
what Ruben was giving you if you put him in that midfield. We've seen games with Ruben in that kind of six position where he struggles. Um, he struggles a lot. Um, I think out wide he can hold on to the ball longer. Um, sometimes in centre mid he does that and kind of gets nicked. Um, so yeah, it's definitely a problem area. I personally, unless we maybe get De Jong, which to me I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I'd like to have him. I don't think it's going to happen though. I genuinely cannot see us getting a centre mid in, um, but. There's nothing that, yeah. And just in terms of this, so with that, where how, how detrimental do you think that could be towards our season? Oh, definitely detrimental. I mean, I think you're seeing it with Liverpool right now. Like you can, oh my god, there's a massive spider on my wall. Sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> um, yeah, like, I mean, you're seeing it with Liverpool now. Um, like they haven't got any backup for Thiago. Fabinho has been shit for like a year, and I mean they haven't won a game yet, and. I think you're seeing it with them now. I think midfield is the most important area on the pitch. I think the only reason we won the Champions League, the only reason we even came third last year is because of our midfield. Most of the big games we win or do well in is because our midfield can hang with the best of them. Um, we've got some quality midfielders. I think all of them get abused for different reasons. I think all of it's harsh, to be honest. I think all three of our main midfielders are brilliant. So, yeah, I think they're hard to replace. Um, but we do need to get someone in or Tuchel's just going to have to take a chance on like Chuck Kumeka or this new kid or or Gallagher's going to have to learn very quickly. Um, so, yeah, I think it can be very detrimental to our season. What about you, Jerry? Do you think it's a, an area whereby we need to see some action because, you know, Jorginho and Kante, their contracts are up next season, you know, and that will just leave us with them. Um, Kovacic when it comes to um, senior midfielders in the um, squad. So where, where, where do you, what, what do you think about the midfield and what do you think could be possibly done to improve that area of the, of the pitch? Um, I think it's a developing situation this um, because if Gallagher had come in and blown us out of the water um, pre-season and done the same against Spurs, um, got an assist and put it top in and we win the game, then we're not talking about us in the mid. Um, so I think we, I mean, actually, we actually do have a lot of central midfielders at the club. Um, but in terms of senior ones, it's pretty much the same as last season. Um, I think with the market being the way it is, um, I'm not sure if we've been linked with anyone else. Um, I think the way the Frankie de Jong situation is developing, it seems like he wants to stay and it seems like they've found a way to accommodate um, his wages. Um so it, it does look like we're just going to go into season with with these with these guys, and I'm not worried. Although I do remember last season when it was Jorginho and Loftus Cheek, um, and I think that was it. And if someone else has gotten injured, we were pretty thin, um, pretty light. So I don't know. I'm 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 stuck between two. I think. Um, if Jorginho comes back, Kante is back in four weeks. Um, we've got Gallagher, we've got Loftus Cheek. Um, there are there are bodies there, but it just doesn't feel like enough. So, do we go out and sign someone um, just for the season? I think it has to be someone who is going to come in and be there for the long term. So, I think basically to summarize, if the if the option is there and it makes sense for the future, then do it. If not, 
then we might just have to hold that. <laughs> we may just have to hold that. So, yeah, talking a bit more about transfers, um, shortly after the Tottenham game, news broke out that and we had a £40 million for Anthony Gordon rejected. So I wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on the player. You know, are you guys fans? Do you think he could fit? Um, and where do you possibly think he would um, fit into our system? I'm going to start with you, Jerry, on that one. Um, It wouldn't really be fair to for me to give my analysis because all I know about him is his name. He plays at Everton. <laughs> um, That's fair. That's very refreshing. But, very but, refreshing. but I will say this whole, like, young talents... I feel like he falls into that whole like young talents, um, Todd Burley's big plan. Um, and listen, I'm all, as a as a, as an avid player or football manager. Listen, I'm I'm all for it because I've never missed once with going with youth in FM. So not all of them will make it, um, but I feel like we're now trying to get them before you know before the rush before before they're established, and that's that's solely a good thing. For Gordon, in terms of his attributes, the type of player he is, he does seem like a two-goal player. Um, but let's see. Again, I don't, know, I don't really know that much about him. So, Sam, do you want to take this one? Yeah, I mean, from what I've seen, I do like him. He's definitely my kind of player. He definitely fits Tuchel's kind of model of what he likes from a player. Um, the price, once again, I do think like, uh, like is it is it what we need like to kind of bring in another young forward we've got a load of young forwards um but he definitely fits the two cool model of what we want from a player uh i think a lot of people are thinking and myself included is that we're buying him for kind of wing back cover which i can definitely get more behind i think he could be really interested in that right wing back position um but yeah, I obviously haven't seen loads of him. Uh, there's been a few comps going around, and I can't lie, the comps are kind of moving me. Like they, they, he, he looks good, but a comp is a dangerous way to judge a player. Do you know what I mean? Like every player can look good in a comp. I mean, they remember them Zappacosta comps. Uh, <laughs> nah, I've never seen a Zappacosta comp in my life. You haven't, mate. They were, uh, that sounds like a nasty, nasty Google bro, I ain't looking at up across the compilation. <laughs> Bro, they were making him look like Trent. His crossing was insane. Um, yeah, so I mean, but what I've seen of him in the Prem, I think it's very difficult to judge. Everton are shit. Like, Everton are bad. So a lot of, like, FB refs are going around and he's a lot of red and greys and what. But, I mean, you really have to take into context the team he's playing for. They don't really see much of the ball. They don't score many goals. He's also been playing up front a lot which clearly isn't his position, but he's been doing a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a good player. I'd personally like him to have another year at Everton. Um, and then maybe we can go for him. I think he needs another year at senior football to kind of, if we come, if he comes here, he's not going to start, I doubt. And then he's just going to be on the bench, probably not play much. It's probably going to affect his development. Um, might be good for us, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't exactly excite me that much. Yeah, it's definitely a very interesting aspect that you just mentioned in terms of like um, long-term development because at Everton, he's, he's probably had a lot of space to become a starter last season. So that's definitely an interesting aspect. But yeah, for, for me, my, my first introduction w- with him and new football was actually him playing at striker. You know, he played in, 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 he played in a split striker system um, under the Everton under 23 coach um, where he looked like he was going to be like that kind of player whereby he cuts in 
you know, from the left and does the curling shot kind of thing. But obviously in the, in the, in the league, it'd be more of like a traditional winger. And, you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I do like his attributes in terms of um, being you know, brave on the ball. But I'm just not quite sure whether I'm happy to spend that kind of money, you know, on a player to potentially play wing back here or there, you know. I'm not quite sure if he's at the level which I'd want either to, to, to play there. You know, I'd much rather have, you know, a, a more traditional wing-back playing there than, 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 a, than a Gordon. But if Tuchel wants him, you know, if that's the player that he wants, you know, I'm, I'm prepared to let him down his sword. You know, like if, if that's what you want, you know, hey, you you got you got to respect the manager's wishes. But so, so yeah, going on to the next um, transfer, um, Aubameyang, 22 million bid um, allegedly has gone in. Um, a lot has been made, you know, with the um, Arsenal All or Nothing documentary coming out um, about his attitude, you know, his, his behaviour off the pitch, you know, him being a distraction. So I just want to get you guys' thoughts on um, Aubameyang and all the noise that's gone around him. Do you, do you think he is he the type of striker that you'd want to come in? And do you think it's actually a good idea to have like a short-term option, you know, for, for the team? I'm going to start with you, with you Sam, on that one. Um, I, I, I've never like been the biggest fan of Aubameyang. I'll be completely honest. Like he scored a lot of goals throughout his career, so I can't really cuss him too much. But I, I don't know that there's always something I feel just missing from his game. Like he does a lot of his best work off the left hand side, which a lot of our players do. So I think he could kind of just crowd that area, and then we just have the same problem where we don't really have anyone in the box. But what I will say is he would be our most like natural goal scorer. Um, he's a very good finisher. He's very like good in the box. I mean, you saw what he done to Zuma in that FA Cup final. And um, I just don't think you score that many goals throughout your career without being clearly very talented in and around the box. I just think there's a massive risk. It goes the exact same way as Lukaku. Um, not even talking about attitude and that, because I ain't watched the All or Nothing documentary. I don't really know about any of that. Um, obviously, I know Tuchel came out and said, I ain't going to speak about that. He was always fine when he played for Dortmund. So maybe Tuchel like, knows how to get through to him. Maybe Tuchel demands more respect than Arteta. I don't know about all that stuff. But just in terms of his game, I just think like his link-up has always been crap to me. And I just think the way we play, is just a lot will then be falling on kind of I guess it would be Mount and Sterling probably playing with him is the most likely. I just think a lot would fall on them. Um, and we've seen that with Lukaku, that it, it doesn't really work sometimes. Um, but yeah, in terms of if he's like a stopgap um, sign-in, in terms of like if he's just... I don't think that's the worst idea. Um, if there's not a kind of young, up-and-coming striker on the market that we can look at now, then... I don't think getting a goal scorer in will be the worst shout. Um, I mean, 22 million is not that much. He'd probably be pretty easy to move on. Um, I know he's getting old, but realistically, you could probably still get that 10 mil for him. And I don't think Chelsea would mind that much about losing kind of 12 million or so. Um, so, I mean, I don't think it's the worst just having a body. And albeit, I thought when he was going to come to the Prem, he was going to flop a lot harder than he actually did. Like, he'd done pretty well. I think he won a golden boot one year. Um so yeah, I mean, I'm I'm for it. Like, I'm not for it, but I'm not against it. Like I'm just kind of like, mm, like I, I don't really know. It's it's, it's kind of hard to tell how it will go. That's fair. What about you, Jerry? Where where do you stand on the on the Obama situation? 
I agree with a lot of Sam's points. Um, he's not who he's not my first choice. Um, looking out at the market, I don't even know if if I have a first choice. Um, but listen, if he comes in and and, and does the job, I'm not going to complain. Um, so I think that's what I, f- I feel about that. I think looking at the all or nothing stuff with the with his disciplinary issues. Um, I don't necessarily think he's like a bad character, like a bad apple in the dressing room. Um, I think you could see a lot of the players liked him um, in terms of his general sort of character. Um, I, don't, I don't remember seeing much dodgy stuff come out in the press about Bam Yang. Um, I think probably this is just a, an, in terms of his, his career as well, I don't really, I haven't heard anything else. So... I mean, let's hope this is an isolated incident. He was—he seems to have been doing fine at Barcelona. He was doing fine at um, Dortmund before. So, um, he, and he was actually doing fine at Arsenal. I think maybe with new contracts, um, Arteta being a young manager, um, he, he's kind of relaxed a little bit. But um, again, it's one of those signings I have to see when he's here. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just very, like, I think he's just very tardy. Like, it seemed like his punctuality was a massive issue. Like, he's yeah. just late all the time. And obviously, I'd like, like, I mean, like, you could say that's not that serious, but Listen, all of us three, we could just turn up late for work every day, could we? Do you know what I mean? They, like, they, there's, there's accommodation in Cobham. Oh, yeah, you can stay there. Get, well, you get said, digs, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it makes him on time. Yeah, no, if it exactly. makes him on time, it makes him on time. And speaking of time, you know, it's been a long time since you've heard of a final update, and it has come in that, um, you know, again, he's reiterated to the Leicester backroom staff just how much he wants to leave. You know, we've allegedly um, agreed personal terms with him with a contract worth upwards of 230k a week. So, I want to get you guys' thoughts on um, the Fafana situation. Um, just how big of a signing do you think he could be for the team? and where specifically do you see him fitting in within the back three? Do you think he'd be a sweeper or do you think he's more likely to play in the outside centre back position? For the start of you, Sam. Yeah, so I I don't think he won't play sweeper. I mean, I think Silver is obviously better than him there. I think Koulibaly is probably obviously going to be better than him there. I don't think he'd offer the same kind of passes that Silver and Kudabali can do. I think that's probably the weakest area of his game. It's his kind of passing between the lines and that, um, which I think in that centre-back position is is really important, uh, especially for the way that we play. I mean, you see the middle centre-back almost playing kind of that kind of... Um, I, I always forget the names, like the, the names for it. Um, but yeah, he plays that like kind of sweeper role where he picks up the ball and he kind of almost does a midfielder's job and I, I don't think Libero Libero that's it that's it I always forget them names um so yeah I don't, I don't think Fafana could do that at least yet um I think he's probably going to be brought obviously to play right center back I think that makes the most sense um I don't know does he play left or right at Leicester I don't I don't actually know right he plays right. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, right centre back. Yeah. Right centre back is clearly what he's being bought for because we have Koulibaly and Silva as our starting two. And I mean, it's hard to improve on them. Um, the fee is is wild. Um, I mean, but he's signed a new contract. You're buying him out, basically. 
he wants to be here, which is a good sign. Um, the wages, I think, are going around like 230k, which is kind of the going rate nowadays. And if we're paying that much for him, he's going to kind of demand a lot. I don't know what kind of situation that creates with the rest of our players. Like, can you really say to Pavana, look, we'll give you 230? And then when we're talking about James and Mount's contracts, like, well, they're just going to be like, well, I mean, why is he getting 230? Give me 250. Do you know what I mean? So I don't know if it can create that kind of awkward situation where you get the kind of ramping up of wages. I think you see that at United and other clubs. Uh, I think yeah, we've definitely. been... I think that's actually a good um, point you just made there. Sorry to interrupt you, Sam, because... With the new FFP rules coming in, you know, with um, wages being with, with wages um being a big um, account for it in terms of the percentage of your overall revenue, you know, and with the fact that we don't we haven't got the biggest of stadiums, so our revenue is kind of capped in that aspect. Seeing where the contracts, you know, do go, you know, with, with their with amount and um, Reese's renewals would definitely be an interesting thing to say to, to see anyway. But yeah, you were saying, Sam. Yes, yeah, so I I think you can get yourself into a tricky situation because they are well within their rights and like Chelsea might try to take advantage of the fact that Chelsea boys, they clearly love Chelsea and want to be here. They probably won't get more than 230k. I doubt they'll even get 230k. I reckon if you, they're on quite like reported not a lot now. Well, you say not a lot, not a lot for them. Um, So I reckon like you're buying a player that you potentially have for 10 plus years so if you break it down, um, obviously there's a lot of kind of maths and finance behind it. And you don't obviously just pay the outright 80 mil per year and it doesn't kind of go into your, go into your books like that. Um, so I think, but it's still a risk. I mean, we saw with Maguire, Fafana's infinitely better than Maguire. Don't get me wrong, but we saw when you buy a player for that much money, it can, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. I mean, there's nowhere to hide, uh, so it's interesting. I mean, I think if we want him, Tuchel wants him, Bowley wants him, just do it. Uh, all this, like, basically they said, I'll give us 80 mil. And then we kind of offered 60. We offered, such, like, we should have just, I know the negotiations don't work like that, but at this point, just offer them 80. They're going to take it. Um, and then we can just move on with our next signing or whatever we're doing. Uh, I like the player. I think he's good. I don't really, I think he's going to be put under a spotlight if he comes here with, being spent for that much money which can go either of two ways but if he plays well no one cares about 80 mil do you know what I mean yeah, that's a good, I guess that's a fair way to look at it and um, obviously in terms of right centre back we saw um, Chalaba being the mainstay there you know benching the likes of Aspilicueta in, in massive games and it looks as though he's going to be going out alone you know at their expense of it so um, Jerry um, do you think this could be um, the, the, the end for Chalaba or do you um, think alone is perfect at this point in time? I have to, I have to say the whole this has been probably one of the most baffling things thinking about the window. So um obviously the decision to extend Aspilicueta from from what I from what we read or from what I read um it seems like the club always wanted to keep him. Um and then in 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 sort of the Chalabar article that Ornstein put out he said that there was surprise that Aspilicueta extended. And I have to agree, like, I haven't seen anything from Chalabar which would lead to him going out on loan or which would indicate a loss of trust from Tuchel. But I do have to say, he, he hasn't played a lot since since that January period where he made those mistakes. Um, and he's feeling very Tamori-ish. Um, 
a couple of mistakes out of the squad and out of the team. Um, and then he's gone. Um, but I think in this situation, it's more the player who wants to leave because of, of playing time. Because obviously with Aspilicueta and Fafana ahead of you, um, and also Rich James, you can fill in that position. Um, I just don't think he'll play that much. Um, uh, but the, the reports are that the club aren't entertaining a loan of option or a sale. It's going to be a straight loan. So it does look like he will be back. Um, Aspi will definitely be gone next year. No, he won't actually. It's two-year extension, isn't it? Um, well, Aspi will be gone at some point. Um, so, I mean, the, the, the spot in the team is there. So I, I don't think it's the end of Chalabat Chelsea, but I am very surprised he's going on loan. And I thought with, with him breaking into the squad um, last season, I thought that was it. He was there. I don't know what else. Um, I don't know what the issue is. And um, hopefully someone asked Tuko about it so we can we can have a reason why. But I guess for me, um, Fofana coming in, um, I think I think Tuko's had enough of of um, this transition period. I think he just wants he just wants his players. He just wants to compete. So listen, uh, from all I've heard about Fofana, um, from what I've seen, um, it looks like he'll be a good option. Um, but then again, you never know how someone's going to do until they're 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 in the blue of Chelsea. So hopefully he comes in um, and we have that right side locked down with him and James. Um, but yeah, I'm a bit surprised that Chalaba's uh, going to. If you, I mean, if you'd asked me if he, he, he at the start of the window who's going to alone, he definitely wouldn't have been on my list. So um, I guess we'll see. What about you, Sam? Where, where do you where do you stand in this situation? Yeah, pretty much what Jerry said. Like, I wouldn't have seen him going out on loan. I thought once he broke into the kind of light uh, squad, he would kind of just push on from there. But he has had kind of a down period, but I think that's expected of any kind of young-ish centre-back that's coming in to play at the top Corre- level. Correction, correction. Every player has a down period. Not just young players. Every player has a down period. That is true. That is I, true. I, don't, I don't like when people do this. Oh, only young players make mistakes. No, 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 no. In no, fact, but I think obviously the, the making more mistakes. Yeah, yeah, but the difference is he hasn't really built up that equity, like in his performances that mm, kind of make I, you seem I, like. I think he was flawless for half a season. Which is how many players can you tell me were flawless for half a season? And he was genuinely flawless. He was actually <laughs> one of our best players. How many players? He in was the good. I, I like Chalaba. I think he's good. For half like, I think he's very good. I I can't. I couldn't see it, but I I don't know. Like like you said, I hope someone asked Tuchel to see what he's kind of seen in his game to kind of not favour him. Uh, but maybe Chalaba just wants more game time. Um, and like you said, the Aspie sign-in has kind of been like, well, that's kicking the teeth for him. Uh, I'm not even against the Aspie re-signing as much as others. Um, I really, I don't think having kind of senior members in, in the squad is a bad thing. I also don't think Aspie's even been bad in the two cameos he's made. Um, I just think as long as he's not, called on to play a lot or all the time I think he'll be fine um so yeah I mean it's not nice to see Chalaba go but I think it'll be best for him and like yeah well just best for him that he goes and gets some game time and like you said the, the squad the position is there to take um I know Aspie signed a two-year extension but that's no saying that he can't leave next year that like he can still leave uh we'll just get a little bit of money for him so yeah I mean 
I don't even know if Chadaba will go out on loan. It really depends, I guess. If we don't get Fafana, then is is he going to be allowed to go on loan? We don't really have many numbers there. I don't know. Yeah, definitely interesting um, thing to look at. And talking of loans, you know, we've seen the likes of um, Pulisic, Cho, and um, I believe Ziyech, you know, being offered out. And um, with Pulisic being linked with United and uh, apparently being interested in the move, and um, Cho also being linked to various other teams. So I just want to get you guys' thoughts on um, the attacker exodus, you know. Um, are you guys um, happy to see this? And do you think there's any potential drawback to um, losing so many attackers in one window? I'm going to start with you, Jerry. No, move on. Perfect. Sam, what about you? <laughs> uh, I think losing all three and not replacing and getting at least one body in could be dangerous. Um, very dangerous. Um, like, how many would that leave us with? Three, literally three, no four. Sorry, including Broher. So you got Broher, Havertz, Sterling, and Mount. I mean, I guess you can say Gallagher can play there, Ruben can play there. Um, but if all three of them go and we don't replace one, I think it can get very sticky. Very. What if one of them gets a long-term injury? What then? Um, I think we need to replace one or keep one. Uh, personally. Yeah, I, I, I don't mind the three people going. Like I don't really care. Um, I think Ziyech, I, I literally want him to go the most out of the three. Uh, he winds me up. Just, just the way um, he should be good and he's just not. Um, you know what I need? You know what I need? Oh, Ziyech, Ziyech and Pulisic on the wings at United. Oh. <laughs> I mean, they probably can't be any worse than Rashford and Sancho. So That would be amazing. There's that. Cho... I mean, we all want Cho like to stay in a way. Like we all want him to make it at Chelsea, but we also all want him to go as well. Um, I don't really know what's happening there. There's lots of reports that he wants to go, but then there's other reports that he doesn't want to go. So who really knows what Cho wants? Um, I don't even think he knows what he wants at this point. Uh Pulisic, I think, is just a game time issue. Um, he wants to play. Um, I think a lot of people will be happy to see the back of him. I'm not as... I don't really hate Pulisic like others do, I don't think. I think he has ability. He's probably our most, like, not including Sterling now, he's probably our most likely wide man to get goals. Um, you can kind of always count on him to come on and maybe nick a goal here or there. Uh, he gets into... Like, he, he gets into the areas, like, against Tottenham, like, if we had a player getting into the same areas that Pulisic gets into, I think we probably would have maybe gone 2-0 up and probably closed out the game. Um, I'm not saying Pulisic would have done that because he doesn't do it enough or he doesn't really have the quality to do what he can do, if that makes sense. Uh, but I do think him as a bench option isn't the worst idea, but I just don't know if he wants that. Um so, yeah, I, I just think we need to replace one if we get rid of it. You can't get rid of three attackers, well, four, including Lukaku, and not replace one. See, the thing is, the thing is, Sam, you're getting rid of attackers, but are you really? I mean, like, what is there to, like, if you, if you, if you look at these guys, like, in terms of their goal contributions, overall um, impact on our attack, I don't think we're necessarily losing. No, no, we're, I can't. We're yeah, losing I, a body, but. We, yeah, like I said, losing... that's literally what I said. Like, we're losing three bodies and we're not replacing those bodies. What if two of our attackers get injuries? Like, what, what, where, where, where does that leave us? I think that just leaves us in a very awkward position. You're literally seeing it with the midfield now. Um, we have three quality midfielders, but 
luckily our attackers aren't as injury prone by the looks of it. I think Havertz picks up little injuries here and there. Uh, I think Sterling's got a pretty good injury record. Mount's got a very good injury record. I just think you leave yourself in a very tricky situation if you get rid of three and not replace one. Mm, and I'm we clearly sure. want to replace one. I'm not, I'm not trying sure. all summer. I think worst comes to worst. Listen, I, I, I have a Cucurella, Loftus-Cheek, James front three any day. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> even that what you're saying there, like, <laughs> kind of seems like you're admitting that it could be a problem. No, nah, but honestly, honestly, we, we've got Mount, I think we, I think we definitely if we let all three of them go, like the club's not done. We definitely will replace them. Yeah, I mean, there's not much time though. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. And then what um, if we get Albamyang, and then you have got Albamyang, Broha, and Havertz? So you've got like three strikers. But I mean, we've know... also we we've also kept um, Harvey Vell around. He's not gone alone. Um, we've got Carney Carney Chukwemeka can play in the, the front line as well, if I believe. Um, and I I'm mean, pre- yeah, but. And I'm pretty uh, sure Loftus Cheek has played there as well. Worse, like I think two injuries won't push us over the edge. It would have to be something ridiculous. You don't think two injuries yeah. won't push us over the edge? No, no, no. Because two, inju- two, two injuries, we've still got three starters. I don't and... know, man. If 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 Mount and Sterling get injured, I'd be very worried. Yeah, Mount and Sterling are out. Who who are you playing? You're going uh, with a front line of Broherd, Havertz, and Vale. Yeah, but we can just go front two. I guess I don't know. I think it's a sticky situation you put yourself in. Yeah, and I, I, I guess that's where you, where you get to the argument of hypotheticals. So, um, yeah, um, to end the podcast, let's go over some listeners' questions. So, um, first question from Prash um, to you, Jerry. He wants to know: Are you going to be writing again this season? And um, are you looking forward to the season with the new players coming in and the exciting young prospects? Am I going to be writing again this season? I've thought about it. I have thought about it because um, the the I can't lie, Tuchel's tactical, tactical, um, what's it called? Tactical work was getting my writing juices flowing. But the the problem is I'm two exams deep into a 12 exam professional qualification. So my time is very, um, should we say limited? But you know what, Prash, since you asked, um, I, I'll give you a lot of time. I'll get, I'll get writing for you a lot. Um, and what was the second question again, sorry? So how are you are you looking forward to the season with the new players and um, exciting your prospects who have come in? Um I think it's always good it's always nice um refreshing to see something new. Um and I think each one of the new signings to a man has been um, excellent. So um I'm definitely filled with a lot more optimism than I was at the end of preseason. So I think there's no real expectation I have of us I think obviously we don't go below like Champions League but beyond that I'm waiting to be entertained wherever comes the season um, I'm, I'm welcoming it definitely that's definitely an interesting way to look at it. Um, next question coming in from um, TK um, a famous member of the Discord oh God. why are Chelsea fans happy with scraping fourth after spending 200 million plus well, first of all, I don't think any fan will be happy. Yeah, I you know, mean, to finish fourth, you know, after spending that much money, and I don't exactly see us scraping fourth given the squad that we have. You know, I still think we're comfortably, you know, better than um, a Tottenham and a and a and a, and a what's the other team, Arsenal. Yeah, that them and there, we're, we're comfortably better than 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 those guys. So I'm not exactly worried about scraping fourth, but I do agree in the essence that there should be expectations after spending this much money. Not not just in terms of um 
title, all that kind of stuff, because I don't think that's realistic to say just because you spent X amount of money, you, you have to go and win the title. Yeah. But yeah. I do definitely think there should be improvements, you know, in terms of like how we, we play this season, you know, our points totals, you know, our goal differential differentials, you know, the, the gap that we that we have behind Liverpool and see, I think that should definitely be closed up because, you know, we've arguably upgraded, you know, in terms of our centre backs with Fafana, if he does come in and Kula Bali, you know, we've upgraded our attack with Sterling, we've upgraded our, our defence again with um Cucurella and will arguably be in be upgrading the attack again with Aubameyang. So I do think there should be expectations there, you know, going forward. I don't know if you guys have anything else you want to add to add towards that. Uh, yeah, I'd say I don't think any Chelsea fan is happy with scraping top four. So I don't know what Chelsea fans TK has been talking to, but yeah, I, I don't really think any fan is happy with that. Uh, I agree with you. I think we should challenge. Uh, and when I say challenge, I don't mean obviously win the title. Or I just think we need to be there or thereabouts come May. Or does the season end in May this year? It's a bit of a weird one. I don't even know. But um, yeah, I think we should be there or thereabouts. I I want to come second. Um, also, I don't want. I want to come first. But I mean, City are just <laughs> City are City. Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. So I think with our squad, with our manager, I really do think we have the ability to come second. Um, I said it before the season. I I say it after Liverpool have now drawn two games. I mean, I guess. Yeah, I, I want to come second. I think second is my aim. Um, after spending that much money, uh, I think there's context to the fact that we obviously are replacing players that we lost. Uh, so, I mean, like you can take off a hundred million of just with replacing players that we've literally lost. Um, so, yeah, I want to see a second place finish, and I think I'll be happy uh, within kind of ten points of City. I think is realistic, and that's what I want to see. Yeah. I feel like just our fans recognise that um, there's a bit of work to do and, and obviously to catch City and Liverpool, it's not just about having a good transfer window. It's, it's not even just about having a good manager. It's just, it's, you literally have to come in and be on it every, almost every single game week. Um, so I think our fans just recognise that this is a young squad and uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. That's definitely a fair way to look at it. Um, next question from Amir, you know, a new statistician within Discord. He wants to know, um, does not converting good positions into shots on target or goals, wait, not con- wait, not converting good positions into shots on or goals, who is to blame? The system, players, or not enough attacking pa- automatic patterns? Professor Amir, mm-hmm. yeah? Um I mean, I don't think there's one thing solely to blame. I don't think you can just kind of go, yes, it's this guy's fault or yes, it's the system's fault. I think it all plays a part. Um, I probably do think the least blame needs to be placed at Tuchel's door. I think he puts the players in positions to do things. And just like any team, not every situation we get into is going to come off and kind of doing the micro analysis of, oh, look at this chance, um, this didn't happen in this chance. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing, do you know what I mean? Um, as long as we are getting into the positions and kind of you're seeing the effort to do what should be done, like I think we saw against Tottenham, I don't think the execution was all there, but I think we saw definite improvements on our intent to do things the right way. I don't even the right word. I don't think that's the right word, but to do things the kind of the way that will create um, 
dangerous um, kind of positions for us to be in. I think you saw that more. Uh, I think how, having Cucurella and Reese James, uh, sorry, Loftus Cheek on either side really helped with that. I know people don't like to hear it, but I do think the wing backs are probably the most important players in our system. Um, and I think that was a massive reason for our downturn in form when we was playing Aspie and Alonso in wing backs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to blame anyone individually. I think they all have to hold portion of the blame. Um, yeah. Uh, fair, fair, fair. Um, next question from um, Tiz. How important do you think height and physicality is when building a team? And do you think if we had more physically dominating players, we would still drop points like the last game against Spurs or against Brighton away last season? I'm going to start with you, Jerry, on that one. Um, I think in the PMP Prem that we're playing, um, it definitely is a factor. Um, and if you've played against anyone bigger, stronger, faster than you. You know no how No one's bigger or stronger than me, Jerry mate. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you the thing is you'll know like how much you have to adjust your game just to deal with that. So I, I don't think anyone can say it's not a factor. Um but I think uh, like overall your 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 players should first of all be good at football. Um and then we look at the other things. So um, ideally, you want a little Venn diagram um, with all the positions that require that physical uh, physicality. So you're thinking um, athleticism at wing back, um, strength um, at, at, at for strength and height at, at centre back, um, dynamism that that kind of thing. So obviously, we, ju- we don't just want robots in every area of the pitch, but I think it just depends on what well, number one how your team plays, um, and number two what area of the pitch that player is playing in. But I, I, I definitely think, um, aside from a few um, aliens, I think generally you need a base level of physicality to perform in the Premier League. Um, so I think it does play a part, but there's other factors that come before that. Definitely, definitely a fair way to look at it. And um, final question, coming in from John Brown. Um he wants to know, um, how did you feel about the Bowley Clare Lake ownership when it first happened? And how do you feel about them now? I'm going to start with you, Sam, on this one. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really anti. I don't really, I didn't really know that much. I can't judge something that hasn't happened. Like, I, I, I think a lot of people were kind of using the bad examples of, I don't know, maybe the Arsenal owners and then other people using the good examples of the Liverpool owners, obviously with the um, kind of similarities that they're both all American. But I'll be completely honest, I wasn't anti it. I wasn't for it. I just was at that point. Do you remember how long that went on for? That was so long. Every day, this person wants to buy it. This person, I, I, was, I didn't care. I just wanted <laughs> us to be sold. I wanted it to. And But like, if you ask how, I really am happy with Bowley. Um he needs to. He, he doesn't. He needs to stop the whistling. That's that. I don't know why he whistles. Like, what is this? You're not at your fucking daughter's band rehearsal. Like, I don't know why you're whistling. Um, that needs to stop. But other than that, I'm happy with Bowley. I'm happy with the way that he looks like he uses man, kind of man legit told a billionaire to stop whistling at but the why is he whistling he, Jerry? at the stadium that he now owns why is he whistling for like what what i hate whistling Woo! i hate all that shit man it winds me up but other than that i like the way he's using analytics by the sounds of it all the kind of murmurs that are coming out of the club um sounds like roman didn't really do much of that um 
So I like that part of him. I think that is definitely a modern part of the game that we probably fell behind in a slight bit. Um, and it's good that we're trying to catch up. I also like how he is very... People have said with the Dodgers, um, he does the same thing in terms of like really focusing on young players and focusing on the... I don't know how academy... It's not really academies in America, is it? It's more kind of you come from college and, and it's a little bit different, but I've heard that he kind of... He likes to focus kind of on the young people pause um yeah so i like that i i'm very happy with bowley he seems like a good good fella seems like a good fella fair enough and then jerry what about you um when it was when the whole thing was going on for me it was just a a new story um obviously we i think the season was still going on at that point so we were still playing games um so i kind of just wanted it to be over just for so the distraction was gone. Um, I mean, we were getting clowned about not being able to put Petra in our team bus. Like it was a dark time. <laughs> um, but I think now I, I think that Dave Chappelle says something that um, in comedy, you get paid for the attempt. And I think it's a similar thing here. Um, he's getting a lot of credit. I'm glad for that's the, the Dave Chappelle bar you went with. Cause there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm not trying to get cancelled. The the, I think right now he's getting a lot of plaudits for the attempt, and I, I like what he's doing with the club. I like um, that he's very hands-on, very active. That doesn't necessarily that doesn't necessarily correlate to success, but um, I think an active owner is, is better than the one that's inactive. Um, and I think we'll wait and see. Um, but the club do seem to be in a much better position than we were um, earlier this year. Um, I like the fact that people are coming out, agents and stuff are coming out and saying um, he's easy to deal with. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, and that he, he doesn't waste time. So fingers crossed, we, we never have to deal with a transfer deadline day again. Because um, I just hate it. Um, but I think we'll see. We'll see. Um Words of uh, there's like signs, sorry, of Tuchel getting a new contract. So that that's a, a plus in my book. Um, he's all the players that he's brought in have been hits. So let's see, let's see. I'm I'm impressed so far. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, for me, it's, it's quite similar. You know, I made the jokes over here about the the whole American ownership thing, but for me, I was just like interested to see like what what his initial plans were, and it does seem quite um intricate. You know, it does seem very detailed and um. I do think it could be a successful error, you know, in terms of like how he's being able to put together the board, you know, um, give more power to the um, guys in the academy when it comes to, you know, recruiting young players and, you know, really driving that kind of stuff forward. So I think that's definitely been a, a, a big hit for me. So, yeah, I mean, let's see how it goes. You know, hopefully it's a successful error and long live the Bowley Blue error. So yeah, yeah. bring on bring on Burley's yeah. billions, man. Bring final on Burley's thing, billions. Final thing about Burley is obviously I think Chelsea already have quite a big fan base in America. And obviously it's and in, like I don't know what the word is, but it's not like gonna affect us on the football pitch. But I do think hopefully we can push our branding out in America and become even bigger. And I think the American market, like you see it with their sports teams, it's it's pretty insane. Like um so I think he can help push our brand in kind of that area as well, which will be very good. So we to end it. So yeah, guys, thanks for joining me. And yeah, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Thank you.
Sports Social Podcast Network.